Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, it's Adam. A quick note before we start, today's episode is about strip clubs and sex work, so it may not be suitable for children. Thanks. Earlier this summer, we talked about Roblox, the online gaming phenomenon where millions of users, most of them teenagers, do just about everything. Here's what Jay Peters from The Verge told us. Almost any genre of game that you can imagine, it's probably there. And you as your virtual character, just you pretend to be somebody in this world and you're given tools to like build an amazing house right away or drive a certain car. And so there's, there's just all kinds of different experiences and it's more a matter of, are you able to find what you're looking for? Cause it's probably there. And he's not kidding. There are even things like strip clubs in the world of Roblox. And that got us wondering, what could the future of cybersex look like? EJ Dixon recently wrote about strip clubs in Roblox for Rolling Stone magazine. She's here to tell us more about how this kid-friendly game is tackling sex work on its platform. Hey, EJ. Hi, thanks for having me. So first of all, how did you hear about these virtual strip clubs and what drew you to, to cover this side of Roblox? So I first heard about them on TikTok. I spend a lot of time, like an embarrassing amount of time on TikTok. And I started seeing all of these videos of Roblox strip clubs sort of promoting themselves. And I was like, wait, what is this? And I'm also very interested in the intersection between sex and technology general. So it was kind of a perfect fit with my interests. A big part of your story is centered around one user in particular that you spoke to. Can you tell us a little bit about Katie, what her day to day on Roblox looks like? Sure. So Katie is a 16 year old girl. She lives outside of the United States. And basically how she describes it is for a few hours a day, She'll go into strip clubs and she will do lap dances or have sex with people on Roblox. And that translates into real world money, albeit, you know, a very marginal amount of real world money. I was really struck by just how profoundly unsexy it is. It's basically, you know, these virtual characters that look a lot like Lego characters. You know, if you're a millennial like I am, that's probably the closest point of comparison. They're very geometric. They're kind of like band-aid colored. And, you know, if you're watching these Roblox avatars have sex, you know, there's nothing really that arousing about it. It's just basically like these flesh colored block people, you know, pounding into each other. And it's not just these strip clubs, right? You mentioned there are also sex-based activities in what's called condo games on Roblox. What is this? Yeah. So condo games are essentially NSFW games, sex parties where people can go into this virtual world and have sex with other users. So condo games are sort of a distant, not so distant cousin from strip clubs. There's some overlap between the two worlds. Let's go back to Katie. Unfortunately, you mentioned in your article, she's faced harassment on Roblox and 
that harassment is no different than what many other sex workers face online. Can you tell us more about that? I mean, the stuff she described is basically, you know, it's faced by any young woman who is remotely, openly sexual online. You know, she's faced coercion into sending nude photos. She's received doxing threats. She's received death threats. I mean, it's unfortunately pretty much part and parcel with the experience of being a young woman online these days. And I know that Roblox has become more popular with adults lately, but there are still millions of minors on the platform. What policies does Roblox have to protect underage users? So Roblox actually has pretty strict guidelines prohibiting um, violent content and, and sexual content. I think a little more than half of its user base is kids under 13. So there's a lot of pressure to you know, implement these policies. It's also announced that it would be introducing rating systems, and they have a pretty large team to monitor this kind of content. So I would say compared to a lot of other platforms that maybe aren't more explicitly youth-oriented, they're pretty aggressive about enforcing these, these types of policies. So then how do the strip clubs and condo games escape moderation? These kids have kind of developed like a well-oiled system to escape moderation, they congregate on third-party platforms like Discord that Roblox, you know, has no oversight over. And they basically will, you know, announce that a club is opening. And then after it opens, they'll shut it down within a few hours and start a new one again. So it's kind of like playing whack-a-mole on Roblox's part to try to shut these clubs down because new ones just keep popping up every day. So to zoom out, this inevitably seems like a new form or iteration of cybersex, which has been around as long as the internet has. And it used to be that technology was very limiting. All you could do at first was send messages in chat rooms, and then you could exchange photos. And as the technology's gotten more advanced, so have these experiences. Now we've got streaming services, things like OnlyFans that have been attracting a lot of attention lately. There's also virtual reality hardware that's advancing, and we have something called VR porn now. So as innovation continues, what do you think the future of sex on the internet could look like? I've been covering sex in the internet and sex and technology for quite a while. And I mean, ever since I sort of started being on this beat, there was all this hubbub about, you know, the future of VR sex and teledildonics, um, which are essentially long-distance sex toys that would enable long-distance couples to have you know, virtual sex or cam girls to have sex with their clients. And the technology at this point, you know, it's been about six or seven years since I've started covering this and it hasn't progressed to that large of a degree. It's still pretty shoddy. So I'm hesitant to say that VR porn or teledildonics, you know, as they are now, are the future of cyber sex. Like, I'm sure it happens, but to me... Given the widespread availability of, you know, webcam porn, it seems to sort of pale in comparison to virtual cyber sex. Like, I really think that what's going on on Roblox, you know, in the strip club specifically, I think it has less to do with, you know, kids getting off and more to do with having a space to experiment and forge an identity I think I wrote in the piece, I noticed with a lot of these applications, a lot of these kids, you know, self-identify as LGBT or marginalized in some way. And having the opportunity to sort of virtually strut out onto a platform and twerk and, you know, get a lot of attention, I think, I hesitate to say, to use the word empowering because it's just such a ubiquitous term, but I think there is an empowering aspect 
the question is just, you know, are there bad actors who are going to be infiltrating these spaces and taking advantage of that? And how about other forms of sex work online? For instance, OnlyFans, which has recently been very popular and very controversial. You know, what set OnlyFans apart and what OnlyFans did, it wasn't that revolutionary in terms of technology, but it really provided a platform and gave sex workers and adult content creators the autonomy to set their own terms and to work for themselves and to create content and make money on their own terms. And I think in terms of the sex industry, I see that as being more of the future of cyber sex, just content creators creating content on their own terms and facilitating, you know, increasingly more intimate relationships with their subscribers. And as that happens, what do you think is happening to the idea of anonymity in online sex work? Is it at risk? I think it's always been at risk. I don't think that's changed really in any regard. Sex workers have always been docs. Sex workers have always been at risk of having their identities exposed. I think as there have been more attacks from the right wing, as we saw, you know, when OnlyFans changed its policies to temporarily ban explicit content, you know, that was in large part motivated by right-wing groups lobbying payment processors to stop processing payments from OnlyFans. And I think as those attacks have increased and they've sort of infiltrated the mainstream conversation about sex workers, that has also put sex workers' identities increasingly at risk. But I, I think sex workers' identities have always been at risk to a certain degree. And of course, on the other hand, many sex workers have benefited from new technologies. What positive changes do you think are in store for the sex industry as innovation continues? Yeah, I mean, I think like I was saying earlier, there are a lot of problems with OnlyFans. But one of the main benefits is that previously, when I started covering the industry, there was a lot of power in the hands of adult companies and adult websites in terms of having a lot of control over sex workers' terms of production. And that isn't the case anymore. Over the past year and a half, like since the pandemic started, sex workers have really learned that they don't necessarily need to rely on these companies for their income and have developed a lot more autonomy. And, you know, as OnlyFans has increased visibility, that's also reduced the stigma of sex work to some degree. I mean, obviously, sex workers are still very much at the whims of platforms that can change their policies whenever they want. And essentially, you know, remove them with a snap of the fingers. But I think that OnlyFans has been largely positive for sex workers. So to go back to what's happening on Roblox, when you spoke with Katie, she said that at the end of the day, what her character Valerie does in Roblox isn't real sex. It's just pixels colliding. So this shouldn't really matter. What do you think? What should Roblox users and maybe especially parents of Roblox users take away from all this? Yeah, I have mixed feelings about um, what actual threat it poses. I'm a parent, and if it's just virtual kids twerking on other virtual kids, it's honestly hard for me to get super upset about that, you know, because I remember coming of age during, you know, the era of AOL chat rooms, and it was largely experimentation. And I think the real issue is when adults become involved and potentially try to orchestrate meetings off the platform or threaten to do real-world harm to minors, as, as Katie described, that's the real danger. But I don't think that's an issue specific to Roblox. It's a risk on any platform. And I think the takeaway for parents is just to be super, it's the same as with any platform, like super cognizant of what their kids are doing online. 
or even on ostensibly kid-friendly platforms, because just because a platform like Roblox might market itself as kid-friendly doesn't mean that there aren't predators that could exploit it. I think parents being aware of what their kids are up to is probably good advice in general. EJ, thanks for joining us. Thank you. And be sure to check out our show notes for a link to EJ's Rolling Stone article about Roblox. Thank you for listening to Rico Daily. My name is Adam Clark Estes. This episode was produced by Alan Rodriguez Espinosa and engineered by Melissa Ponce from Hemlock Creek Productions. Let us know what you want to learn more about by emailing us at ricodaily at ricode.net.